what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the les and mo show what's happening captains this is episode 11 thank you so much for joining us for yet another show and thank you because um today we're joined by lorraine and amanda from monsters of the midwest podcast so they're going to help us talk about the notorious hh holmes this is going to be a case where we are actually going to put a lot of rumors to rest uh most people think that hh holmes um as the country's he was the country's first serial killer but that actually might not be the case. But for now, we're gonna let Lorraine and Amanda introduce themselves and talk a little bit about their podcast. So go ahead, you guys. Hey. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having us. I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, listen uh, to your guys' take on this case too, because it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so I'm Lorraine. And she's Amanda, and we are from Monsters of the Midwest. You know, we do true crime. Uh, true crime isn't always about killing either. So we do cults. We do, um, you know, predators. We do all sorts of, we cover all sorts of different people. And we are focused on the Midwestern United States. So if you committed a crime in the Midwest, you are from the Midwest or a combination of both, we talk about you. Right. You got some... <laughs> And I, trust me, if you have a link, I will find it because my mental gymnastics and research abilities are just phenomenal. I should not have been in the hairstylist industry. I'm just saying that. Um, and we will read you for all the filth that it's worth. Um, yeah, we're excited to be here. This is our actual first collab. So for people that are joining us from our podcast, welcome. And I hope you guys hey. do all, all the fun things for Lesmo, like subscribe, you know, Apple Podcasts. you know what we say. Um yeah, your guys' yeah, podcast is amazing. We really enjoy listening to, to you guys. You guys are hilarious. Yeah, you guys are really funny. And you bring such like a good element to true crime just because you make it funny. So it's more enjoyable to listen to, I feel like, when there is an element of humor behind it. So you guys are awesome. And we're very, very excited to have you guys here. Oh, well, yeah. thank you so much. I'm so glad because I'm trying to bring the, you know, humor to your guys' uh, case today. So <laughs> here, here we are. <laughs> Here we sprinkling, are sprinkling a little humor uh, your way. And, right. and we love your podcast too. I mean, yeah. I really enjoy hearing about like all of the different cases. Um, your first episode actually really grabbed me just talking about like the area itself and just haunted and mysterious stuff. Like I really, really enjoy it. So we are, oh, amped we love up. that. Thank you. Wait yes. until next episode, because we are going to finish up the season with part two of the first episode yeah so hey yeah left left us on a cliffhanger i get it i know we do (laughs) that you know what's cool i mean i mean with the aspect of learning living in you know texas but i mean i'm real close to you guys so if we could all like you know do a haunted thing like oh yeah a live one that would be awesome you guys actually maybe maybe in another season that'd be great Hell yeah. Better yet, you guys should come to Alton and do the haunted tour with us. Screw the ones that you pay for. I will take you guys like I did with Mo. It'll be a front row show. So yeah, if you guys are ever considering coming to the area, definitely let us know and we'll- Girl, I don't live that far, okay? Well then, hey, come on over. What you waiting for? So we'll do that (laughs) and then you can join us for the Mansfield prison um, overnight stay. Stop it. I, oh I'm down. No, will not do it, but I will do it. Really? Yes. Because we haven't found anybody. And it took me about what we've been friends for, what, 11 years ish that it took yeah. me this, to convince her that this is going to be a thing. See, so, come on. Yeah. Well, us. hey, hold us accountable. Both podcasts. You- We're going to do a, uh, yes. a dual thing here. We're going to do <laughs> yes. it. Yes, let's go. So, it's going to be a crossover. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to we're going to hit both both uh, spots, you know, hit the spots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. So today we're talking about H.H. Holmes and how he got the title of America's first serial killer. H.H. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett, and I that last name. And on Terrible. Mason, yeah, it, <laughs> such a boring name. Like what Mudgett? 
<laughs> Wait till you guys hear the flavor I'm gonna throw on these ep- these uh, victims' names because I'm gonna butcher the fuck out of them okay, right now. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so he was born on May 16th, 1861. So we're going way back in time, and that's in I don't know how to pronounce this. Gilmanton, yep. New Hampshire. Yes. Gilmanton, yes. New Hampshire. So he had a, that Taurus, Taurus man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a large family with four siblings, two brothers, and two sisters. He lived with his parents, Levi and Theodate. Theodate. Um, they were basically some of the first English immigrants in the area at that time. His parents were hard workers. His father worked numerous jobs such as farming, house painting, and trading. His mother worked hard to keep their family functioning. They were devout Methodists. Rumors stated that during Holmes' childhood, he was abused and would, would torture animals, but those were proved wrong by documented eyewitnesses' te- testimonies. It seems as if he grew up in a lo- nice, loving home. At age 16, Holmes graduated from the school he attended and got a job as a teacher in his hometown. He got a second job in a neighboring town of Alton, New Hampshire. What a coincidence. Ironic, yeah. <laughs> he would soon marry a woman known as Clara Lovering. And when I was reading this earlier, I accidentally called her Sierra and we started dying. I don't know yeah. why. Her milkshake <laughs> bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Two years I'm going to bring the whole meal with these people that I'm going to mess up their names. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her to bring the milkshakes. We're going to have a whole dinner. Yes. <laughs> Two years later, they would welcome a baby boy named Robert Mutchett. Again, with the names. At age 18, he would enroll into medical school, medical school at the University of Vermont in Burlington. He never so he was liked... a teacher, a teacher, and then he went to, into medical. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, correct. So he was smart. <laughs> it looks like it. like it. I feel like all of them are, aren't they? There's I feel a... like, OK, well, no, but um, I'm going to throw a disclaimer just for um, your guys's podcast. So um, on Lorraine's, I, we've covered H.H. Holmes. And like I said earlier, I am not a fan of this case, so I <laughs> I'm essentially coming in blind on this one also. So my reactions might seem like um, that. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about because that's true. Um, I only looked into <laughs> some things because he just is not my flavor of whatever. So, so I apologize. I totally no, you're good. We like the element of surprise. We did an episode. Yeah, the, like there will absolutely too. be surprise there. So yeah, good. <laughs> so you actually never liked the school he went to um he ended up dropping out and then he attended the university of michigan's department of medicine and surgery he would then later graduate in 1884 after passing his exams during this time however he was known to abuse his wife clara and eventually she would move back to new hampshire before his graduation they would never hear from each other again so must be nice to have a clean cut like that right um so he he went from New Hampshire, Vermont, and then Michigan. So yeah, Alton, yeah, exactly. So he bounced around a lot, and he was only well, about 18, so 19. It was now. under eighteen, right? Okay. Yeah. So dude's got money. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it, it looks like it. I mean, he's studying usually, to be a doctor. God. Right. New, right. But he first wanted to be a teacher. This this mm-hmm. just feels a whole lot of flavors of old money to me. Like yeah. you know why he chose Michigan. I don't know how that ties in there unless he was in like engineering. Cause that's, I mean, that's what Michigan's all about. Mm-hmm. At least their money train, not medical though. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I think Lorraine, you had a, uh, some, some of, uh, some of his business ventures you wanted to talk about. Oh boy. I, I unlike Amanda, I love HH Holmes. So <laughs> I have uh, plenty of things to talk about. So I'm going to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You talked about when he was growing up and he was actually kind of a chicken. Uh, he was afraid of the doctor's office, contrary to popular belief. This was the reason why he was interested in medicine because um, children's medicine was not a thing back then. So they just kind of guessed at your dosage. So he didn't like to go. Two older classmates knew about this. So they decided that they would open up the door to the doctor's office and shove Herman inside. Mm. And what was on the other side? A full adult skeleton with its arms reaching out to you, <laughs> almost dope. to grab That's you. Dope. Oh my God, I'd be excited. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd give it a hug. Let's go. So I'd at least go yeah, look at his, it. <laughs> his arms were positioned in almost like a zombie-like position. So it really scared her- Herman at first. 
But as time, <laughs> as time passed, he became more curious about medicine and the human body and things like that. So that is the time that he decided he actually did want to study medicine. Teaching was a career that he took to make money for his medical pursuits yep. mm, yeah yeah or his parents told him to do it you know i mean how many times has that happened where especially like <laughs> i can speak from example you know you need to do this you need to do that and then yeah i'm gonna i did that for you there you go but i'm gonna venture out into what i really want to you know yeah. do. right Parent pressure right mm -hmm. methodist so, from the midwest i uh, well no he's oh, new yeah Florida. okay yeah <laughs> so um the first time Holmes actually comes to Chicago, he's still a student at the University of Michigan. And this was at his junior year. So he went to Chicago to be a book agent for someone to make some extra money to help him get through college. So basically he's going door to door asking people to buy a publication of someone's. The book apparently was non-existent. And although he put hard work into trying to sell these books, he basically comes up empty handed when the people do not get their material. So oh, just to interrupt he, you and to connect to our podcast, that happens yeah. a lot in this fucking area, doesn't it? We've got lots mm -hmm. of door-to-door yes. -door salesmen that don't get their stuff here in the Midwest. That's interesting. Bunch of, bunch of swindlers. So <laughs> that was actually part of his crime, even though he didn't realize he was a part of it. So wow. he basically scrambles like, oh, shit, I need to make money for next semester. So what does he do? He goes back to Ann Arbor. And now and they just do to... OnlyFans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, and I quote, he says, I could hardly count my Western trip a failure, however, for I had seen Chicago. So Chicago was West for him. That's ah. probably, yeah, which is really bizarre. But the eight, late 1800s, I mean, he was from the East Coast, right? Yeah. So, uh he was a con man. He was a swindler. We all know this, but his passions were in medicine, specifically dissection and chemicals. So can maybe. I, can I interrupt with yeah. some uh, astrology things here? Because I did run yes. his entire chart. That's what um, I had to get prepared for today that I do know about. Um, so he's a triple um, earth sign. Okay. He's a Taurus sun, Leo moon and Virgo ascendant. And I will get into these deep diver later when it's my turn to talk, but I'm just interrupting right now. I'm going to tell you a little piece. <laughs> um, so a Taurus sun, they're super, super driven by money and materialistic things. They, um, are very grounded and, you know, they have a lot of stability in their own head. What they think is, is stable. Um, but it's all about like self-comfort. So like they don't give an F about anybody else and what is their thing. They need their own stability and whatever. So they will lie. They will steal. They will create. They have a verbal ability to flourish and make beautiful what is not beautiful. Um, if they know that there's personal gain, monetary or like stability wise. Wow. Yes. So that I, I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, interesting because, um, the whole swindler, the whole like going door to door salesman, uh, that is a big tourist thing. Like they are the ones that are going to go out in the middle. Like they'll just be standing one place and then just cool to jump out in the middle of the crowd and be like, oh, by the way, you should try this because this is great. And I really love it. And they just have a magical way of speaking to people and enticing them to do whatever they want. I feel attacked. Yeah. Personally attacked. <laughs> I am a or tourist. And I am not like that. <laughs> so <laughs> shut your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm a tourist rising, so I like to come across that way, but I'm really I don't not. know anything about I just know I'm a tourist and I don't know anything about anything when it comes to astrology. So you should have <laughs> you should fill me in sometime because yeah, I have no sure. idea how any of that works. He was the original Tinder swindler, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I get it. This is really funny because one scheme of his is stealing horses from someone while he was in Fort Worth, Texas for a time doing business. Yeah. What Another instance, all the way there. Uh, That's oh, very, yeah, west. very west. Oh, you'll hear about that. Another <laughs> instance of his deception was purchasing goods with loans and skipping out on the payments in Chicago wow. and in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. So, Financial yeah. Yeah. Um, he was jailed for a short time in St. Louis after getting caught trying to sell mortgaged goods for profit. He didn't seem like he was getting the hang of being a fucking criminal, but okay. <laughs> so now, 
the insurance fraud that he would carry out to make a quick buck would happen multiple times, some successful while others were not so successful. Um, I, I've actually read multiple accounts of Holmes claiming bodies as his own, relatives or a close friend, drawing up phony insurance claims as their benefactor and reaping the benefits. Okay, um, one more interruption that I promise I won't do this again until like yeah, right. Okay, so coming from you guys all that were interested in this case, so what intrigued you? Is it the fact like that, I don't know. I, wh why are you guys so intrigued? Because I see like all of your faces and see like how interested you are in this and this guy just irritates the fuck out of me basically. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's because there's so much mystery, right? Because he's considered the first serial killer, but then there's also, there's so many stories surrounding him, but then, there's also uncertainty like was he really the murder hotel like yeah. that's the big murder thing castle. for me that's the or castle sorry yeah. that's the big draw for me is hearing about oh this elaborate castle that had all these different corridors and rooms and torture and blah 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 like that's what really enthralled me but i'm like you in a sense at the same time because once you learn about everything you kind of lose interest so okay i'm okay. on the Good. fence okay. about it so you it's guys whatever <laughs> You guys are kind of ready I, to read him for bullshit, basically. Like read him, like read his tea, right? Yep. I'm yes. spilling, we're spilling it. Yep. HH, okay. we're coming so, for you. He's bullshitting everyone, <laughs> basically. So yeah. Yeah. So what's really crazy is the insurance fraud seems to be, you know, the most bang for the buck, right? <clears throat> Paying out sums of roughly ten thousand dollars in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Hell yeah. That's insane. Um, of course, this isn't without high risk, right? So. A man Holmes employed by the name of Benjamin Pitzel heard about the insurance scheme and he wanted in. So wow. another one of his swindles was to have his friend fake his death. And, um, you know, he kind of shoves him off at first. He's like, no, nah, it's too risky. Trust me. I fucking know. Um, <laughs> but then his friend ends up persuading him to do so. Um, but of course, we'll probably talk about the insurance scam of his friend later on in the episode. But um, his murder castle is probably the best scam that he's ever done. Yeah. And the only reason the only reason I say that is because he doesn't pay anyone to build it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he tells people. This is unacceptable work. These are in unacceptable conditions. I will not pay you a single dime because this is not what I asked for. And he would fire people and rehire other businesses and do the same shit over and over again until basically it was almost complete. Yeah. So. Yeah, he just kept scamming people. And that was his like his biggest thing. And like you said, like, I think yeah. that was his biggest scam of all. Like he basically came to Chicago. And it, what I really find interesting is that one of the stories surrounding him that's so mysterious is that he murdered this couple in Chicago when he first got there to kind of take over the pharmacy, the drugstore, if you will, that the woman owned. And yeah. that wasn't even true. He literally nope. bought it from them. And then the, they they sold it because they wanted to start a family and they lived in the same area their whole life. So he never yes. killed anybody to get it. He bought it legitimately from this couple. And that's kind of how he started getting like property and could start building things is he got this drugstore that was really well um, run, made good money. And he would eventually decide to go ahead and build a building across the street from that one. And he would tell investors like, look, I'm going to build this for the World's Fair that's coming up and we're going to turn it into a hotel and storefronts and all this stuff so that all these people can come in and we'll use it as a mixed use building. So that's yeah. what we're getting into with what you're saying, Lorraine. He built this building, got all these investors involved, and he didn't really pay anybody for this construction that was done. Like you said, he right. just would go from one construction crew to the next to the next and then he would just claim shoddy work and all this stuff right i wondered if he used those like there were false stairwells and there were rooms that were kind of like 
you know, mysterious rooms. Like, mm-hmm. what were these for? You know, like, I wonder if he used that as excuses, but he also built it at the same time. <laughs> like, oh, you guys put a stairway to nothing. Like, I'm not paying for this. You know? Exactly. But if a construction crew, you know, especially at that time and building something so huge doesn't get paid, they aren't going to do any more <clears> work. <throat> you know, they, you know, it's kind of like, um, in the most recent incident, uh, the Pam and Tommy thing, you know, Tommy never paid his construction workers to keep making all these changes onto their mansion. So they quit and there's unfinished business, you know? Um, so we would get another person to come in and do it though. Right. And also it feels a little flavor of like Ponzi scheme to me, like earliest day Ponzi scheme. Like yeah. maybe if they would have said he was like the earliest Madoff, I would like, I would <laughs> believe that, but serial killer. Uh, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. Nope. Yeah. Right. And it's like the, the reason that I feel that he did this versus what other people think, I feel like he purposely made the building like that so he could hide his goods. I don't, I don't think that he built shoots to the basement that led to a vat of this and that and, uh, uh, you know, a brick oven. So you you can cook mom into a brick oven pizza. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying the the way that the construction workers quit, they quit where it's it's half done or it's half mm-hmm. finished or the room is not finished because he didn't want them to know <clears throat> how it was being built. And yeah. I feel as though people took that and ran with it and said, oh, he's building all of these secret chambers and torture chambers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When actuality, he's purposely making these people build this ridiculous staircase to a wall and saying whoa what the fuck did you do that for uh i'm not paying for that and then continue to have builders build upon that well and that's the thing too is he had these secret rooms and these stairwells and he was hiding furniture that he had stolen in this yes. right right so, right so you know he would get this furniture on credit and he had absolutely zero intentions of paying it off just like Gosh. other things in his life so what are you going to do with all that shit? You're going to hide it, you know, and you don't want to get right. caught for it. So what a scumbag. Yeah, he's right. Mess. Yes. Can but, we um oh, just to throw it out there for all the listeners, because mm-hmm. I'm just going to assume that there might be some people that are, you know, completely blank on this case, even though I've heard it a million times. I'm a little <laughs> blank. Can you um explain like demographic of like his his murder mansion versus like, you know, how it's across the street from like the business he acquired with the pharmacy, that type of stuff, just in case people don't can't see the picture in their head at this point yeah it was literally right across the street and it was a two-story building at first but then they added a third floor to it and part of it the upper floor was used as apartments and the lower floor was used as storefronts so he basically he I think he opened up another drugstore in there as well so he was just getting these um I want to say like retail rental spots you know, and selling those. So he had a lot of, a lot of things in the same pot. He had a lot of, a lot of businesses going, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at him, you know, he's a, he's a scam artist and he's not going to have legitimate businesses. You know, he does all these crazy things. Like a lot of the times these reports would say that he would, um, use the building as a hotel for the world's fair and it's funny because they also say that that's where he lured his victims to kill them and then he'd cut up their bodies and use their skeletons to sell them to local medical schools and stuff like that but honestly like that was really never proven there had never even been like complaints about visitors going missing in his hotel and a lot of the people who stayed there weren't even strangers it was people from the area that he had known and yeah he it was just kind of a silly situation so okay so let's paint the picture here um world's fair whatever he moved there so his like quote-unquote intention was to build this spot that could be a great asset to the world's fair because so many people were going to travel to that time at this at this time right and there Mm -hmm. wasn't capacity as for like sleeping space exactly right like there i mean chicago wasn't as big as it is now there's definitely i mean space for a lot of people now but there wasn't back then so he saw that as an opportunity you know to build this building and use that excuse to investors to make this happen you know but it was a different time back then there were tons of people coming from all over the world to come to the world's fair i mean it, it was one of the biggest 
events of that day, you know, like it was just right. Yeah, uh, it was an incredible thing for that time. So yeah, he it was kind of like the perfect storm for him because he knew this event was coming and being the swindler that he is, he, I hate to say it, but he's kind of smart. You know, he was a smart guy to think like, oh, I can do this and people will invest money in that. But ultimately that's kind of what would get him caught up. I mean, he, so, he's in a very much. big hole though. I mean, he has a lot of debt and yeah, he owes a lot of people money, different, different creditors. So he's, it's not like he's making money off of this hotel, you know? It's just keeping his like notoriety up, I feel like. And it's just keeping this like, facade and these swindles alive you know like of course he's probably making a little bit of money here and there off things but he wasn't selling the furniture he was stealing he was hoarding it you know this sounds so familiar to the to the lipstick killer that you know we did together like they're stealing (laughs) and hoarding this stuff you know but yeah it's um said that um the secret rooms and passageways were um, used to, you know, kill and torture his victims, but literally none of those claims were ever substantiated. Um, there was, in fact, um, a couple hidden rooms, but they, like we said, were used to hide the furniture that he had stolen and would never pay back. So that building that he built actually burnt down and it was completely gutted because of it. So yeah it was kind of a fail anyways was it insurance fraud or yes uh, that's what they oh. believe so there was actually um it was burnt down partially and then he filed a claim with the insurance company uh, under an alias like i forgot what the name was that he used okay. um and the insurance company was actually willing to pay him six thousand dollars if the person who he used as an alias would come pick up the money in person but he didn't. He never showed up, so he never got the insurance money. He got, he got his hand caught in the cookie jar, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. The, the only reason he didn't have anybody to take to go and get the insurance money is because the person that was supposed to go get the insurance money died. Died. Yep. So well, um, sounds like he wasn't the, very well-rounded in the Chicago area because there's plenty of people there that, you know, will take a, a dime and nickel here, you know, a free stay and night, a hotel to mm-hmm. go in. Yeah. Tell, tell exactly. law enforcement whatever the hell they need to hear, you know? And his original intention for the building, although, you know, we know now as the World's Fair Hotel and all that stuff, is um, he actually started building a fourth floor, and those were supposed to be the hotel rooms, but it ended up not being able to get done because, you know, money and all. But he, um, the third floor was supposed to only be apartments, and then he ended up renting them out to other people. So it was interesting. He's just running out of cash and scrambling to find something to do. Yeah. What's that hotel? What's that hotel um, that had the girl disappearing? This sounds a lot like Hotel that. Cecil. Uh, Cecil. Yes. yes. Yeah. Where they have the different floors. <clears throat> like that. It's interesting. What mm-hmm. I think he was doing, if he was killing people, he was basically taking over their identity and collecting checks under their name that's the only that makes so much sense yeah yeah that i think he'd be killing them because he's a scam artist he would kill them and just scam them yeah until they figured out oh the government figures out oh they're actually dead who's getting their money and by that time he's doing something else yeah he's also oh yeah a triple earth sign which is completely monetary focused that's all they care about is uh you know money um possessions things like that there's a lot of gemini in his chart i'm about to rip him for shreds yeah, <laughs> so, let's go it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun that's your turn go ahead let's see it oh okay all right so um Uh-oh. so he was actually found in 1894 in boston um by a national detective agency that was was hot on his case for a long time i guess um they had been trailing him since he spent some time in philly um luckily for these people um the sleuths on this they uh they still had a warrant out for his arrest for what he was doing in fort worth when he got some sticky fingers and decided to take a a pony or a horse or whatever he decided (laughs) to take there you know um so they finally got him got him on trial um, he went to trial in Philly where the Benjamin, please fix his name for me because I'm going to mess it up. What's his last name? Pedizel. Pedizel. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, 
so many question marks beside that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where he was found deceased. And you had said earlier that was his, um, his business partner, really, right? Like, yeah, essentially, kind of. Okay. Um, but no evidence actually like links him to anything that went on in Chicago. Nothing. They can't find solid evidence on that. So he only actually went to trial in Philly. Um, on May 7th in 1896, uh, Philly ultimately found him completely guilty uh, and they decided to string him up from a tree. Not really, but he he did get hanged for his death. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, that, that happens. Really close the to gallows. The gallows. The yes. gallows. Yes. Six right. days before his birthday, I believe. Yeah. What a birthday yeah. present. Wow. <laughs> like, That's what they say, though. Your death happens like close, to your, close birthday. to your birthday. You're more likely to die on your birthday than any other day. I've never heard that. Really? Really? That's what that's yeah. yeah what I've heard Ooh. that you're more likely to die on your birthday than any other. I day. would love that. I hope I die on Halloween. <laughs> so just, close. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we do have the same birthday. Yes. We're we're both born you October twenty fourth, so we're what? like yes. exactly wow. a exactly a week before Halloween. So I mean that Yay. would be like Damn. I love that, and I'm yeah. so jealous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're best friends. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Um, so post trial, he spends the remainder of his time or his days um, behind bars in fix it for me. What, what's that prison name, guys? I was going to butcher that one too. Myo Mason. Yeah. Mayo there you Mason. go. Yeah. Myo Mason. Interesting. Okay. Um, so as he was in, you know, behind bars, just chilling there, he just wants a, a pencil and a paper because, you know, he, he's been what a doctor, he's been a, uh, uh, teacher and now he's going to be a journalist so let's let's write my manifesto he is that going makes to write me think his... of the weeds theme song did you guys ever watch that show <laughs> yes yeah I love doctors that show. and lawyers yep. and business executives right oh my god that's great <laughs> um so he is going to pencil out everything that happened and it's going to be beautiful i'm sure um lorraine i know that you've listened to it so i'm excited to hear about that i am reading his mom more yes i am yeah, oh my yeah. gosh yeah. yeah see she uh this is a uh, a case that's hers like she likes this case i don't know right up right up my alley <laughs> it was like literally one of the very first cases we did on our old podcast so yes. it's i mean this is you know she wouldn't touch manson because he's mine and she's she's got hh homes <laughs> you know that's just how that is and we well, have our, our own flavor so um so let's talk about the victims uh there's nine in total so there's benjamin Peditzel, right? Did I yes. Yay. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, but he was the um the only like murder he was convicted of. Uh, then of course three of Peditzel's kids. There was Alice, Nellie, and Howard, and oh. then there was uh Manny and Nanny Williams, the Williams sisters, and they apparently came and contact him while they were in Chicago. Did I get that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Um. Then there was Julia Smythe. Is it Smythe? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm doing so good. Oh, I'm so man. proud of myself. <laughs> nice. Wow. Um, she actually worked at the jewelry counter of the first floor of his the castle, right? It wasn't the place across the street. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. I love that I'm fact checking with you guys and you guys are helping me out, not laughing at me. That's perfect. No, you're doing um, it like Holmes. You're so good. also, I don't well, that's kind of ooh, that's a, a backside compliment there. But um <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys heard, but Julia she may or may have not been like his little lady behind the sheets, you know, like that was his little love connection or not love and just sheets connection. We don't know. Um, <laughs> but that was a big rumor then. Um, mm -hmm. But then she also had a daughter named Pearl, which is gorgeous. I mean, let's just, you know, just breathes money there. Unfortunately, that was a confirmed victim of his as well. And then there was Emmeline, which he was the stenographer, I believe, of him. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I did really good with those names. I give myself like a, at least a C plus solid. Um, <laughs> uh, so I found a bunch of different articles. Actually, I'm not even gonna lie. They were Lorraine's uh, workings on this. She found a bunch of different articles that went from like, there was contradicting cases where it went from 20 victims to 200 victims, but wow. nothing was really solid. It was just a bunch yeah. of, you know, hearsay basically. Um, but there is one like little piece of research that I did do on my own and didn't take the information from Lorraine and twist it. Um, <laughs> I would, with your guys's permission, I would like to rip him apart astro like in astrology aspect because oh, yeah. yeah, 
I also looked at this today because I really didn't give a shit about him until today. We we're going to do this. Um, so <laughs> he is a, a triple earth sign, which means like, um, you know, Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo. Those are the earth signs. They are very sturdy, straight. They are very uh, rule followers. They like things to be a certain way um, at different levels. Um, I'm just going to give you guys like the kindergarten version of this here. Um, but astrology wise, yeah, I know astrology wise, um, <laughs> you have your planetary spot and then you also have a house that it lies in, which is like this part of your life that it is shedding focus on. Okay. Um, so I was looking at his chart and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, triple earth sign. That just means like, he really cares about like financial stability. He wants stability in his home. Um, it, he may or may have not had that in his upbringing so like it's super focused hyper focused as he's an adult right because that's when you flourish into your own person um also like tauruses they're led by venus so there's a lot of that um those aspects come into a personal quote-unquote pleasure for him so like or anybody that's a taurus you know i mean i'm a taurus rising so i understand that and i have a lot of earth in my chart so we're those people that are we're gonna netflix and chill and lay our fat asses on the couch and eat all the foods that make us feel comfortable and excited and that is our happy time that is what we like to do that is our comfort zone like we we spend the extra money on the the great sheets we get that higher thread count we get those comfy blankets we buy those expensive ass things to make us feel more comfortable and just very self-fulfilled that is our self-care i feel um, attacked again <laughs> oh no. oh i'm not attacking i'm i no, I mean, I'm that's just, how i am that is how too. i am right i mean <laughs> I, you know, there's those people that are like, I would never let somebody have crumbs in bed. I'm like, bitch, I'm eating a cheesecake and a whole ass pizza. And this is my bed. And who's, who invited you anyways? Because I'm here she, by myself. She loves gushers. Ask her about her oh, gushers. Oh, yes, gushers. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that is my, like, you know, everything in Scorpio is a big thing about like, well, Scorpio Taurus is an access. So they have the same, same thing. Um, but anyways, self-indulgement, right? Okay, so, but their panic zone for an earth sign, because they like everything to be by the book and perfect, their panic zone is when they, they don't have that or they don't have means. So they act out yes. um, randomly, quickly. They don't care about the outcome. It needs to be fixed right now, right now, because right. I'm not, they, their level of anxiety is different from all the other signs. Like wow. they have no, they have no go with the flow. There's nothing. If you said you're going to be here at 406, you better be here at 450 or like 405. At, at, like if you're 406 point breath of a second you're late and they panic like it's it's wow. so <laughs> anal retentive it's crazy um virgos are really terrible but i mean that's an earth sign thing because it's stability it has to be it's set in stone we chose this this is what we're doing right right if not you, they're out of their comfort zone and that's not a bad thing because you have to have that with like the emotionally erratic people to create a balance you know and none of them are bad it's just where they're placed that might affect that um, so wow. where they're placed, uh, in his chart is not so helpful to Mr. Holmes. So he has all those traits. And then also a lot of his stuff and his moon, which is his emotions, which, um, are in Leo. So Leo's, they like everything to be pretty. They're beautiful. Like everything is about me. I am the best here. If you don't think I'm the best, then you need to walk away because you were come back when you figure out the truth here. Cause you, you were lied to, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> so he thinks, he thinks in his mind that he is the absolute most perfect person alive. Um, yes. Yes. Wow. He thought he was a ladies man to a T. Yeah. But his mm -hmm. moon sign, which is his, his moon, like your moon sign is your like emotions that you keep on the inside that you only let the closest people to you ever see mm -hmm. you you can easily hide them by other things um that falls in his 12th house with the 12th house is ruled by you know scorpio it's the pluto house it is the self undoing house it is like you let all your dirty laundry all your bullshit just mm. sit on the table and everybody gets to look at it and you have no control over it so when your moon lives in, in your uh self undoing house that's bad that's a lot of um <laughs> It's really, really bad. Like all your, um, everything negative you can possibly think or are having panic go through your head right now, all that shit's on the table and everybody can see it. And there is no rhyme or reason to it. You can't control it. And the fact that you cannot control that drives a earth person up the wall because they're all about <laughs> control. Okay. So that's the mental gymnastics he's going through. 
also his love uh, sign, his Venus sign is in Taurus, which is that's the house ruler, the the planetary ruler. So that means that that just pretty much makes everything that's in his big three a law. Like it just there's there's literally no changing anything in his chart. Everything it is is exactly how it is. And basically he was born a mess. He's going to stay a mess. And the planets have chosen this is the life for you. So you're going to have to figure it out. Wow. Um, so there's also the planet of Mars, which that rules um, sex and it rules aggression. Okay. It rules active, quick moving things, which, you know, explains a lot with his, we need to do this right now. This is going to initially fix the thing. Act right now. Do it right now or it's going to go away. You know, um, <laughs> so his whole life is mental gymnastics of um, I have no stability. I need stability right now. What's going to fix it? Okay, you suck. I don't have any money. Okay, I'm going to hire you. Okay, oh crap. Now that's done. Contracts are done. We have to, above, you know what I mean? Just like back, forth, all back, over forth. Yes. Place. All over that the That sounds place. exactly like him, man. Mm -hmm. You said you yeah. didn't do research. Mm -mm, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, I, I didn't do research on him. I, I know this stuff. So, there's <laughs> um, so it. I almost feel bad for him because I can't imagine what kind of battle that would be, you know, to live through that and have to like try and make ends meet. I don't know. I just, hmm, I feel really bad, but I don't think he should have been given the credit of being the first serial killer because I don't think that's what he was. Uh, I think if they would have followed the planets at this time, they might've known a lot more about themselves and mental health, but, um, <laughs> right. Another thing that I found interesting with um, somebody that's a triple uh, earth sign, it, that's their big three, uh, they can sit there and endure a lot and they will take it and they will take it and they will conduct themselves professionally. They will be quiet. They will be sturdy. They will prove to everyone around them that they are stable and they are fine. Everything wow. is great. Um, and in their own house, they will sit there and they will suffer in their head. Not, not They will never be like outwardly that way and they will sit there and beat themselves up mentally so much to when they snap there's literally no stopping no stopping it is erratic it's fast moving and then that added in with like his mars gemini which is like flighty as hell in his 10th house which is career house like this all just makes so much sense yeah um, he, he was eternally struggling with how he should feel what he should do what's right for him like yeah what a mess when, for him yeah yeah for sure um it but on on a positive side i mean people that are in that same placement if he would have been able to find his own self-control with it um they're very smart they're very very loyal um and they're very proud of their work so when I feel like when stuff started like fall apart for him because people started to like rip his work apart you know what i mean yeah. like they used to say this and that and I kind of feel like maybe that's why he kept changing careers. I mean, you guys can correct me because you guys have done way more research on him. But I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just going by what I see here. But like, you know, he went into like a teaching aspect and then he went into the medical career. You know, if he had these doubts in his head being that young and somebody was saying, you know, they weren't, he wasn't perfect or up to his own like standard that he created for himself or had in his head. Um he would run for the hills and go somewhere else because that, you know, it either terrified him or like he wasn't proud of the work he was putting out. There's lots of yeah. like meccas to it. Yeah. And, and like I'm glad, I'm glad that you said this because the memoir, I'm only halfway through it, but it's the way that you explained his chart makes so much sense. And I'm going to do a book report on his memoir. I don't know if Amanda's going to join me in that, but I am going to do it for our podcast because it is very, very interesting. Wow. That's a really good idea. You have plenty of information that Amanda's able to <laughs> yes. provide to help out with that. Like I'm right. learning so much from this, like just hearing this, like that's not an aspect that I even consider when I do right. research. Like it's just, again, like I'm very uninformed about all of that. So hearing it from that perspective, it does make a lot of sense that he was the way he was. I mean, it all lines mind up. blown. Yeah. I mean, it looked amazing. like he was, he was trying to get back on the right track when he bought the pharmacy and then it, it just went wrong somewhere along the line when we didn't pay the construction companies back. And then 
just kept digging himself a deeper hole and just right. ran with it. Like a constant like influx of like instability that eventually yeah. just really he couldn't he couldn't dig himself out of the hole. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He I got mean, in over his head for sure. I don't think he was the first serial killer. I mean, we'll never know who that was, probably. But do I think he might have killed all those people? He could have to keep his facade going, you know, this life that he was living. Desperate times. Desperation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was the word I was going with too. Yeah. Yep. It's I I want to um leave you guys with this little image in your head and tell me what you think. So he claims that he found Pititzel and that Pititzel committed suicide. And here's how he describes the scene. So he was in an upstairs room and as Holmes is walking into the room, he sees his friend on the ground. Next to him is a chair that has a bottle of chloroform standing on its side with a block of wood on one side and a hammer on the other to keep it from rolling off the chair with a needle uh almost a little bit bigger than a toothpick he pokes a hole pititzel pokes a hole in the cork of the bottle and out comes rubber tubing like from a medical kit so he ties a small tourniquet as to leave it dripping into his own mouth while he lays on the floor and patiently waits for death. No way. No nope. fuck. No. Lioness. No. <laughs> yeah, and and the re and the reason being, why why do you say no? Well, he's got medical training. What the hell? And what is Pedizel like? What is he a con man? How would he know all that? Yeah. yeah. Why would he go through all of that? And that's just a to kill really himself? elaborate. Yeah, that's such an elaborate that's, way to do it. That's doing too much. And actually, yeah. um, coming from like, uh the research that i was talking about um chloroform is actually a, a women's thing uh like you know drugs chloroform things like that that is not it, it literally has a 99.6 percent rate that men don't do that shit they don't they don't do that yeah he that, that was like so much for like the description so of some, I, that yeah level <laughs> ten thousand like that's too much. I don't know. Right. It's, that's a very so, elaborate suicide. Like that's to, to let to let yourself go slowly by dripping this slowly into your mouth and waiting for death. It just seems to me like um the research that was done and some of the reports say that the chloroform was actually administered after death. So oh. what is oh. so what does that do? Right. So it, I'm I'm so excited to finish the memoir and get this book report out because man, it is an interesting read. I would need Pitizel to look is that actually up. a double Taurus, also. By the way, I just found that. Uh, what does oh, that snap. mean exactly? Uh, they're two, almost two sides of the same coin. They're okay. Mm. So I feel like if that was the let's just let's just say that you know he wrote that down that that was what what happened how he quote unquote found his friend. I feel like maybe they were in such a, a mess that they decided that elaborate thing together out of, you know, like freaking out and like being erratic about their decisions and they did it together. But that was like, I don't, I don't think that he did it on his own because Tauruses, um, they are so stubborn that they will literally bleed to death in front of you before they will take their own life because they're choosing to have that control and they don't want anybody else to take control. Eh, it don't fit to me. Don't fit. No, not at all. No, because hmm. because yeah. that would also that would also um, ruin their name. So then their their pride would uh, die like after they died. You know what I mean? And they want yeah. to be lifelong yeah. proud of whatever their achievements are. They want to show people like moving forward their stability and how they did things the correct way. And, how you know, they, they're proud of that. I mean, even beyond the grave, like that is their thing. That's their legacy yep. is to he, show stability. There's no fucking way that guy took his own life. There's no way. Yeah, well, he was. a. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. He was a fa he was a failed carpenter, but he was also an inventor and his inventions didn't get a whole lot. So he couldn't support his wife uh. and children. So they were trying to scheme and from Holmes's account, he wrote a note 
and said that he felt like he was better off dead than alive. At least his family would be supported. And yep. it was just yep. really, really just, I don't that know, kind of far-fetched though. Yeah. It's like that a makes perfect sense, setup for H.H. Holmes. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, H.H. Holmes, yeah. But it also just, he like, could he could have told H.H. Holmes like, hey, like, because I feel like that was an erratic decision and they were two of the same people. So maybe he even like got with him and was like, well, maybe they'll they'll see how intelligent I am or see how great I am by this choice that I made. Like, let's mm -hmm. make this our story. Like, let's make this the tale that happened that, you know, precedes me after my death, you know, so they won't think I'm just a weak ass bitch that took my own life or I wasn't <laughs> weak enough to get killed by somebody else. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it was so elaborate that it was or elaborate. It was like it it had a, a like a, a tinge of like intelligence in there but it just was done really wrong if that makes sense yeah. like yeah you know <laughs> right uh, he was a twisted fellow that's for sure yeah mm -hmm. and uh i mean obviously i can't you guys are going to be doing another episode on him you said they already did it we i did will it. for sure and She's we already her. have done it it's it's actually episode three on our oh, podcast wow. yeah so we're gonna we're gonna come to an end with this episode episode number 11 and what i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guys do another plug for your show here and just let us know where we can find you uh and um you know and i'll share some of the the, the links in the description as well so go ahead okay so uh we're monsters of the midwest we are found wherever you get your podcast except for youtube because we're not on the youtube train yet um and we have a facebook and instagram both monsters of the midwest and um yeah yeah and we have a group also if you guys want to join in that we are called tuesday speakeasy um you can follow our page and then we can invite you um, we also really love anything on Apple podcasts. Even if you're not an Apple person, we do love Apple podcasts because they shove us up the algorithm level, no matter what you write on our comments. So we love <laughs> that, but we apologize ahead of time. We are the shittiest of millennials and we don't have a Twitter and our Instagram kind of sucks, but we're learning. We're figuring it out. <laughs> um, but we are elder millennials that love a Facebook. So if you want to hit us up on Facebook, um, that would be ideal, I guess. You guys, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Like we've had yeah. such a blast with you. And if the listeners, you know, they don't know this, but we've recorded on this episode and another one for their back show to back. back to back yeah. tonight. So we've had a lot of time and a lot of fun together. So thanks for doing this with us, guys. We've really appreciated having you on. Thank you for having yeah. us. It was a lot thank of fun. You. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. The more, the more you know, know the, the less, less you fear. fear. So, so tune in next week, right back here. here.